0: Welcome to the Gigi and Saji podcast. Wisdom, world explorer and shenanigans, we have it all. Gigi and Saji is a podcast where we talk with all kinds of people all around the world, expert or not so much expert, but we discuss anything that is live relevant to us about books, TV shows and anything creative that we want to talk about. I hope you enjoy
1: this podcast and welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Gigi and Sagi show.
2: Hello, Kenneth.
1: On this very fine morning, we literally just said English, not German.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Kenneth is um, um, a general greeting. (laughs) Literally says hello, children. But in a very
1: strong accent. (laughs) Um, Yeah, on this very fine morning or like night or day or whenever like you're listening to this podcast, we are going to discuss creativity from our both sides. (laughs) Um, Or like the creative work that we do and give you some input. Talk a bit about the stuff that we do. We mentioned it in our trailers and stuff, but obviously, there's so much more to discuss into detail how it started, how is it going, (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. So, let's get cracking, Sanji. Let's go.
2: Yes, (laughs) where do I start? Like from the beginning, like far, far back when. <laughs> the nomads were riding their horses through the desert, or <laughs> okay, that's too far back. <laughs> I mean, maybe some listeners
1: are not ready yet for that kind of discussion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, where do I start like just uh, starting with how how all this creative stuff started, or how 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 are we going to jump into this?
1: I mean, wherever you want to start, really. Um, I guess having a throwback is not bad because we might have some listeners that have no clue what we do, also not listen to the trailer. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's a good good thing of like having a throwback and then to the moment of what we're doing now or where we want to go and stuff like that.
2: Okay, then we start with... Hi, I'm Saji. I'm doing photography. <laughs> and I started doing photography. Well, I always kind of did. Like, you know, those little cameras with the film you can put in? Oh, like, everyone had one of those at home in the 90s. just <laughs> oh, yeah, 90s things. Here we go again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was always snatching up that camera from, uh, from the cupboard and, like, secretly taking like one or two pics of random things but my mom always told me no you're not allowed to do that because the film is so expensive and you have to develop the the film and it's also expensive so i was always kind of afraid to take pictures with it because they they my my parents always said no don't do it so and then later on um when all of this digital uh, stuff uh, was coming out um we then, what year was it, two thousand and six or five? I don't even remember. I was about fourteen years old, I think. Um, we bought ourselves like a small, compact camera, which was digital um, nice. yeah, and then the journey began, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> As a 14-year-old, when you have a camera, you're not going to do very interesting stuff, you know? (laughs) Mm, mm. I was just taking pics of, like, flowers in the garden. (laughs) The classic. (laughs) Yeah, the classics. (laughs) Um, Like, clouds in the sky and uh, stuff like that. Uh, So, But I was really proud because they kind of looked cool. Uh, I assume they kind of look cool right? <laughs> <laughs> I still have them on my hard drive. I, I need to look at them again. I think it would be really funny to show some of those pigs.
0: <laughs> yeah I
2: mean
1: it's also you know because uh, we come from the generation where still internet wasn't a thing and everything yeah. you know. Uh, so it's interesting to see where the roots come with that because obviously like I remember how many times my mom went into, uh, I believe it's like the, the local drugstores where you can develop the pictures. And then, yeah, we, we had all of these like packages with pictures and, and stuff and like photo albums, photo albums, my friends, yeah. <laughs> like literally the ones <laughs> where you just... Um, Obviously, everything is, like, you can still do that, but it's much more digital. Like, back then, it was just, you know, print the pictures, glue them into the books, and then maybe write a caption or something like that um, to to kind of have a memory. Um, Yeah. Oh, man, that's, yeah, it's almost like it it was the... These cameras were the ones coming after, like, the whole Polaroid wave. Um, Mm. Or, like, similar to the, like, I guess some of them were at the same time or something. Um yeah. Oh man, that's just something I think the magic about that is similar to Polaroids. It's just this thing of like, you know, it's that it's capturing that moment. No like you can't choose a filter. Or like I mean with Polaroids you can choose a filter. Um but um this is how it's going to be. Like, this, this is the moment that you capture and then it gets printed right away or, like, um, when you print it out. So I always found that interesting to see because, like, nowadays we're so used to, like, oh, I take 20 selfies and, like, one's going to go on Instagram and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So that's super interesting. And, um, yeah, I love Polaroids. There's just – I haven't gotten myself one yet, but I want to at some point to just – yeah, it's it's just different and I think when you do go on special events or something, it's really nice to, to then capture moments and then look back and maybe like do a wall of Polaroids or pin them somewhere and stuff.
2: Yeah, I actually do have two Polaroid cameras sitting around, but I don't use them often because the film is so expensive. So <laughs> it's not a thing you can do like every day. Um, But a good alternative is like those uh, small Instax cameras where the film is also a little bit uh, smaller. They they are a little bit um, less expensive, I think. Mm. Yeah,
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's the most common one these days because you usually get it. It's not that expensive when you buy it or sometimes they come in bundles with like a couple of uh, films together.
2: Yeah, so with 14, I already knew I want to be a photographer. <laughs> what class was I in? Maybe like seventh class or something. Mm-hmm. And in Germany, when you're in seventh class, at least here in Nordrhein-Westfalen or in Düsseldorf, I don't even know. You have to do a internship at a random (laughs) place like imagine you are 14 and you have to do like a two-week internship (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) so um i decided to do a um internship with a photographer and uh yeah, that's how it really started. I already knew how to use Photoshop uh, because we had Photoshop or something like that. Uh, I wanted to say, was it Photoshop at that time? Let me look. Yeah, Photoshop exists like a really long time. I think it was Photoshop 7, 9, or version 9. I don't even know. But Photoshop...
1: 1990, that's quite impressive.
2: Yeah, they they are running for a long time to mm-hmm. create a monopole out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I was using that uh, like a similar program. I don't even remember the name. It was like a really uh, cheap program, but it was uh, on the computers in school. So I always kind of was in touch with that and just learned it by myself. Um, so I already knew a little bit how to like uh, digitally alter images uh, and uh, created uh, very, very bad <laughs> edits of several things. <laughs> <laughs> I recently had a look at them and I got like a cringe attack, Like, but it was funny. It was funny. I mean, remember the days the the beginnings of the internet where everyone was using like blingy and stuff like that do you remember that mm, yeah myspace <laughs> cough 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 yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah just remember that aesthetic <laughs> mm, oh god yes <laughs> yeah so um that's uh, how i started and um Obviously, the image, my own images, I edited were also not that <laughs> great. But uh, it's something very cool to like look at um when you're a professional these days.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. To be honest, like that's the that's the thing. Like I think it's always important to look
2: back. But <laughs> to
1: quote Oasis, "Not in anger," because <laughs> um, like, why would you look? But like I, I said it with on an episode with Kimchi before, um, I don't look back in embarrassment. I I like it's not. I don't really have that embarrassing feeling because obviously sometimes I'm like, gosh, what did you write? Or like, what was your what were you thinking? Like my favorite thing is still like when uh, I was writing with like fourteen, and then my characters were like sixteen or twenty. <laughs> my thinking was that. People in their 20s had their life figured out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's super interesting to see. And yeah, it's just, you know, um, I I think it's always, um, why would you not talk about your beginnings? Like, this is where you started. This is where it happened. Like, this is is where you came from, you know? Like, respect that. Respect that at that time. And then also put it into content. Like, we didn't have the internet for a long time. So, like, we grew up in in a different mindset kind of way or, like, different, yeah, it almost feels nostalgic um, with with things like, you know, MP3 players, videos, um, and stuff like that before we, like, I think my first computer, like, my own computer without, like, even going on my mom's computer or something, that happened when I was, like, probably 13, 14, like, until I had my own laptop. And nowadays, kids have iPads with the age of eight. Um, So (laughs) it's, um, yeah, it it was just a different time. Um, And it's always good. Like, the thing is also, like, my favorite part of reflecting is you look back and you're like, this is where I started. And look how far you have come. Like, look how much you changed. Like, also, I think the greatest thing is always to see what kind of phases you went through and what change happened at that time. Because, like, how boring would it be if you look back and you see the same picture frame or filter or whatever that you have used 16 years ago? Like, yeah. like yeah. it's great that we, like, develop and change and adapt to new ideas and stuff. Um, and, you know, uh, change can happen literally from one day to another. Like, there that doesn't even need to be a reason why. It's just, mm. you know, when you when you want to try out new things.
2: Yeah, and speaking of tech, uh, I, the first time I had my own camera was when I was 17. So I had all these, oh, how many years are, are there? 14, 15, 15, 17, like three or four years, like just snapping pics and doing random stuff. And then with 17, I bought my own camera with my own hard-earned money. It was not something that my parents bought me. It was all my own um, resources. And uh, then that's where all like really began. Because it was uh, a DSLR, I always wa- wanted a, a thing that's going to give me a little bit more um, options to be more creative. To lay a hand on more um, optional things, like in in manual, like photographing manuals, so that you can choose to um, create your own image. I don't know <laughs> how I'm. I think I'm going to talk about that in the gear gossip uh, episode. I'm going to talk about that uh, more in detail. But the better your equipment is, the better you can become because you don't know how to use it yet that's all I'm going to say for now but um yeah that's how it really started then and I remember an iconic sentence I dropped in school which is I think still a funny anecdote I always said I want to be the opposite of a model which is a uh, <laughs> which is a photographer, because, you know, he uh, the photographer is behind the camera. So, um, yeah, initially I became that. I became the opposite of a model, which is actually not true, because I often sit in front of the camera to do self-portraits. That's also how I began to photograph people, uh, I say. Um, because where the hell do I get models? Like, pff- you're 17 and want to photograph uh, models from, from a agency, that doesn't really work. I mean, maybe there are some people out there. Shout out to the uh, DeviantArt community, by the way. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, self-portraits is how I started uh, to be interested in photographing people because you kind of start to explore how how the anatomy of a portrait really works by looking at yourself. So, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's somehow the beginning.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Adding to that, I think also the best photographers are also the ones who are not afraid to show themselves in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Because it's this thing of, like, obviously... I mean it's a different thing if you're like a nature photographer right like (laughs) but but when you want to work with people I think it's very essential to show yourself in front of the camera because you want to depending on like if you do portraits or if you do poses and stuff it helps you so much too and Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking out of the blue I uh, actually did photography myself for two three years around conventions just photographing people and um at some point I just like couldn't keep up between all my my creative hobbies so I quit uh, photography um but it's this thing of like you can obviously shoot people but if you don't know how how to how how they should pose or like how 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 you need to look and stuff like that it's really hard to like capture that and I think that's uh, something where you can also it's this thing of like it kind of helps you to establish your um, presence in a sense of photography, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and um, to, to see yourself through the camera, that's, I think, very essential um, uh, to to do that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Also, you that's also really important because um, you need to know how the people feel. Feel in front of the camera because a lot of people don't know how it feels to be in front of the camera. It's a really uncomfortable feeling. (laughs) I still have that when other people take photos of me. I'm like, I know how to pose. I know what to do things in front of camera, but there's always this feeling that's kind of... uh, um, not anxiety, but a really uncomfortable feeling where you're like, okay, now someone is going to take a picture of me. How how do I not look very... Um, uh, wie heißt das so? Um, <laughs> Mir fällt das Wort gerade nicht ein. Anxious, maybe? Nicht angst, so ein bisschen verkrampft. Mm, tense. Tense, yeah. Mm. You feel very tense in front of the camera and... um it's really hard to let go of that unless mm-hmm. you're a professional person in front of the camera. So you, you have to know how that feels so you can make the people in front of the camera to be not tense. You have to engage with them. So that's really important that you know how it is in front and behind the camera so everyone feels uh, relaxed in the situation to take good pictures.
1: Absolutely. Like um, I think it, it's kind of this thing of like, you know, working hand in hand with the, with the model and like photograph and model working hand in hand together. Cause if you don't like it's even things, cause you, you sometimes, especially when you do pictures at cons, you might have people that have never like stood in front mm-hmm. of a camera in that sense. So in a sense, it's always good to, you know, help, like obviously depending on, Because what I always tried is like being accurate to the character. Mm -hmm. So like obviously if I picture Harley Quinn, it's a different presence than, I don't know, Percy Jackson, for example. So sometimes what I did was just asking, like if I didn't know the character, I just asked, you know, what does the character stand for? What what do you want to portray with it? Um, Mm -hmm. Because the classics are usually like, you know, portray... Um, maybe like a different angle here and there and then obviously maybe if, if you want to do a fighting pose or um, a more scary pose or whatever and it really helps and it helps and um, yeah especially when you like, like one of my favorite shooting experience was definitely the day I met Julie um, I never had that with anyone because <laughs> uh, we so it was the dystopia and I just I hadn't even, like, a proper cosplay. I was basically just dressed up as my own character, kind of, like, fitting the setting of the 100. And um, she was Murphy. And I was like, you know what? Why, why don't we just go out for a couple of pictures and just do stuff? And it, it almost turned into some, like, two hours of kind of, like, acting scenes <laughs> out, <laughs> um, which was super interesting because, like, we just started to have... To, to play around and like to, to, to kind of like some and that's something that can also help you know uh, think of a scenario think of what the character yeah. uh, goes through or what what you want to feel the person like um, if you take away the cosplay part and you want to do a shooting where you are creating a very melancholic um, atmosphere then think like give give the person something to think about or like Reverse as well, like if um, if the photographer, because especially like, you know, uh, photographers who are still like trying to figure their themes out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, just, you know, um, I always like to work with stories and like the, the idea behind it. Um, so that's something that um, can always help to kind of like lighten the mood and help the situation and stuff.
2: I love how you jumped into cosplay because that's that was going to be the next uh, step, the bigger step, I would say, um, in the history of Abel's photography. <laughs> so um, when I bought my camera, it was in two thousand and eight, and then for a few years, I just I just photographed things like random things, myself, uh, outside, and for a long, long, long time, because when I started doing cosplay it was in 2013 so it's how many years 8, 9, 10, 11, 11 12, 13, 5 years yeah so I was just playing around with my camera for 5 years and doing uh, uh, like really a lot of, a lot of different uh, things from photographing flowers and uh, sceneries to photographing actual models um, but just playing around because I really didn't know how to do that kind of stuff and I still look at uh, back at it and think oh my god how do they look <laughs> like <laughs> uh putting people up in places and taking portraits of them but um there are a lot of good things that came out of it so like you said I'm not looking back at them in anger it's just um just the beginnings it's cool to look at them I like that <laughs> So yeah. um yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Uh I forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> okay. No,
1: I just wanted to say, you know, sometimes it can even be inspirational for new ideas that you have now. Cause like sometimes you find like old ideas and you like at that time I wasn't capable of like doing it the way I wanted it. So you can like kind of like repitch it or uh recreate it or take take inspiration from that. And um Yeah, it's so important, because, like, um, I think we said it before, you know, um, some people always have this weird idea of, like, you know, everyone that's successful just suddenly became successful overnight, Mm -hmm. and that's just not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, get that out of your head. Like, it's, I don't know, it comes with this weird thinking of competition culture in the sense of, like, why does she have what I don't? And it's just all that kind of weird mindset and i'm like well instead of like you know being being uh in the negative aspect how about you um try to reach out to this person and ask like just ask like and i know this is also another conflict point because a lot of people who are now successful are sometimes not approachable yeah and i think that's something that also like why like why i like I mean, I get it. Um, obviously, like if if you're in Hollywood and stuff, um, the the time runs different, the schedules run different. It's different. Um, but but like I see, like I quite often still see it with like not even not non Hollywood people, you know, yeah. or like people way 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 below her, Um starting in the cosplay scene. Like what the fuck is this el- elitism? It's unnecessary. Like calm down. We all do the same stuff um just because uh you have more money or more material or whatever to really prep your cosplay you're not better than the other like it might look more nice and professional but you didn't start there as well you know like yeah yeah. (laughs) um the, the professional cosplayers they also uh had to like um come to a certain moment when it, when it then goes into this like ego thinking of like oh no I'm better than you and <sighs> get pipe down <laughs> pipe down like it's at the end of the day it's also cosplay like it's a fun thing to do yeah um so yeah it's just I, I am not a fan of elitism. so if you want to talk to us please do um <laughs> Obviously, at certain times, there might not like we might not be as available depending on our schedules or situations and when we grow in the future and stuff like that. But we will always try to be approachable. And if you see us at conventions or wherever we want to, wherever we're gonna go in the world, come to us and speak to us, like we're just humans, like <laughs> there's no. There is no, like, sticker that says, like, oh, you can only talk to me if you pay me 10 pounds. That's just, I don't know. I think it's bullshit. Um,
2: Yeah. elitists, you suck.
1: I said what I said.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, I can absolutely agree to that. The creative business is such a gatekeeping community sometimes, especially the ones up in the high ranks. Yeah. That's something I don't even want to think about because it it just takes up all the energy. And um, in my life, I have written so many messages and emails and phone calls. And you know what? I never got an answer to those, (laughs) which is really sad because just because I am a no-name, like no one knows my name. I mean, maybe the cosplay community, like the Friends Circle know my name that's about it uh unless uh, not unless um other than that no one in the business knows my name and that's really sad just because uh, you don't know my name you are not answering my messages like you can at least say sorry i don't have time or not interested or something that would at least at least uh, tell me okay they have read the email and uh they they are interested in interaction but not, no one ever not even when I asked for, like, connecting with people and uh, networking. No one ever answered me. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, just is it me or the way I wrote those emails or are the people too busy? But I don't know. That's something that I never really understood. I still don't. I mean, <laughs> people there... still don't answer me. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, there is a certain level where I get, like... Um... That you, for example, when you send uh, unsolicited subscriptions and stuff like that, yeah, um, that's that's another level of like, because if you imagine like if there would be no barrier, let's say for Netflix, everyone could just send in their stuff. There's a lot of like not good polished stuff. Which is not like you shouldn't try, you know. Like obviously, even my first drafts were not as good as to where I come, where I came now with my writing. Um, But it like it starts with like single, single people that you want to work with, Um, and it's it's this weird thing of um, I don't even know. I guess somewhat this is also the society standard driven community. of like, oh, I'm better than you because now I made it and and stuff like that And and in that sense. Um, But at the end of the day, we all started somewhere and we're all human. So, like, especially when you're someone that has made it, why not share that experience? Why not, you know, be open to it, give people some... And, like, this is uh, coming from the mentor side. My favorite mentors are always the ones that, you know... They offer a lot of courses, but they always have free stuff as well. And I'm not talking about that one free workbook, because that's just bullshit to tangle people into their newsletter. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, you know, uh, free podcasts, free... What we do here as well, you know? Like, this is free content for you. That's something that we always going to share for free, because that's just how it works. Like, that's how it should work, you know? Like, um because obviously, with every profession, to a certain extent, they, people should take money for it because, it, like, <laughs> I think it's the, the Joker in The Dark Knight that says, it's like, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. Um, <laughs> so, they, but it needs to be balanced, you know, like, uh... I always find it difficult when it's like, you go to this website and you say, oh, this sounds all really promising, but I can only do this if I pay £3,000 and there's no alternative. Like, my favorite mentors are always the ones that kind of, like, have a step ladder to their programs. So, like... You start with a free course, you have freebies, uh, so you can kind of, like, get a sense of what, like, what this person is about. Free videos, free podcasts, stuff like that. And then you can, like, start with, like, courses that are kind of, like, affordable to your prices. Um, And not just, like, the the £3,000 retreat, you know, like, (laughs) that's, um, because, like, uh, yeah, that's just... I think it's like that there should always be some kind of like step ladder to it and the same with like yeah. creative services and stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, uh, just, you know, pe- people should be more open to just, you know, emails and stuff. I think my favorite thing that recently happened is that, because I applied last year to new publishers in April and like, I think a couple of weeks ago, like two or three weeks, I got a rejection <laughs> and I was like, the audacity, the audacity to not message. I'm like, I get it. There's a pandemic out there, you know? Like, I get it. But why are you telling me that I not got it after like a year? Like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? Um, it's just, uh, it buffers me. That, like, yeah, I, that's definitely a, a whole topic on itself when it comes to rejections. Like, honestly, I'm not a fan of this like, you know, um copy paste rejections of like, mm-hmm. hi, thank you for sending this in. But unfortunately, you're not the right person. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. Like I get it. If you get like over thousands of 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 stuff. But at least put like one or two personalized sentences in. Like, yeah. come on. It's not that hard. Like even pay some like if you can't do it yourself pay someone for for doing like a day of emails or whatever but be kind like it's not that hard it's not that hard Um, so um because because it happens that you sometimes you get good rejections like it's and i say good rejections because good rejections are the ones for me that appreciate my work but it might not fit into the company or publisher or whatever I applied for. And that's okay. But at least I know that someone really took the time rather than, thank you for sending this in. Basically, I didn't take a look at it, but um, have a good day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And also uh, back to the gatekeeping, I find it an extremely toxic behavior to not write back because, oh, and oh, this topic is so big i don't i don't even want to talk about it but we have to because someone has to talk about it there are a lot of artists out there we know we are one of them <laughs> and there are a lot of new artists out there who are starting out and i find it extremely um was heiß nervig annoying <laughs> i find it extremely annoying that young people are just left out of the creative business and not given a chance to show what they can do, and these this is all all upon upon the big corporations and big companies that just I don't know why they're doing it. I don't understand how the structures works. Of course, but we need to give young people and new creatives. And I'm talking new creatives, people who already have experience, like 10 or 15 years. I mean, me, I started doing photography with 14. So I have been doing photography for how many years? And that's something that's developing over time. And now I'm at the point as a young person that I can say, okay, I can can be in the business with the, the professional people. I can totally do that. If I mess up, I messed up. But at least give me the chance to prove myself that I can do it. But there's absolutely no entrance in that, in that high field of creative uh, professionals that you can just jump in and just prove yourself. There is no one who says, come on, let's try it out. I give you the chance. Do it and we'll see what happens. And I want to change that. That's something that I would never um, leave out of my mind when people come up to us or I don't know and say, hey, I want to try out doing this and this. Uh, Would you be interested or something? I would say, hey, come, come on, just do it. I want to see what you can do. I would never reject those people because I know how hard it is to get into that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I also think it's this thing of like, obviously to a certain extent, you know, when you reach high numbers in a sense of like 200 emails per day, um, you need to consider the aspect that you might not get an answer right away, but it starts with things like let people, like send people something that is acknowledging that the email is kind of received. Like it can be even things like, um, thank you for your email. Um, I will have a look into your project and if i think it fits right um i will come back to you or like i I will send you my thoughts back or whatever like like stuff like that you know um or like even with like fan post like if people get fan posts and i know some people do it very well and amazing you know uh if it's so much do a video or something like that like take the hundreds of letters whatever you get from fan posts and, and make, make a video compilation or something like that, you know, like to, to mm. show people that you care, like show people yeah. that you care. And like, it, it's really not that hard. It's just, yeah, I don't know where it started when this weird thinking of like, I get as I said, like, I guess it's this whole thing of like competition, but it's not the good side of competition. I'm yeah. not saying competition should be completely erased because if it's a healthy competition, and for example, that's the thing of, um, for example, if if you go to a casting and um, you have like 12 people applying for the role, that healthy competition is when everyone in that room is aware that they might not get the role, but would be happy for the other person that gets it.
0: Yeah. And there, that's where we
1: have to, like, that's where we have work to do. That's where we have work to do. Um, and I know it's a, like it's not going to change from one day to another because this is also an eternal thing of, like, how to deal with jealousy, how to deal with the mindset of, like, I'm not good enough, how to deal with, like, you know, all these outside aspects that constantly trigger emotions and thoughts that get us in this mindset. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, uh, it's be kind, (laughs) be kind, and don't be a dick, don't be a dick, you know, (laughs) Um, and when I say don't be a dick, that's the thing of, like, you know, just blatantly ignoring people um, on a purpose, like, we're not talking about the people that have a reason, you know, like, because even with with me, like, I sometimes take a couple of days to reply to certain things, because so much is going on, so you won't always have the mindset to to just you know to do that one thing at at that one time and stuff like that um it's quite tricky in that sense but yeah, just mm. stop building stop building walls and yeah. make bridges, make bridges
2: yeah. um yeah, building bridges that's exactly the point. I have always been a supporter of all kinds of people still still am like that i love to support my fellow photography uh mutuals cosplay lgbtq whatever it is i'm always the one who says hey if there is something come up to me also to the listeners out there if someone is doing photography or tech related to photography or editing images or in the field that i do and you just want to know something, uh, want to know something, or an opinion or something, you can always come up to me and we can talk. Like always, you can always ask me to do that. I find that extremely important to give feedback also to the people who are starting out and also to people who are doing it for years. I mean, I have a lot of photography mutuals um, that are doing amazing work. And we are always in, in um in connection to hype ourselves up. You know, when someone posts something on Inst well, Instagram, not that much, but on Twitter, when someone puts up their images, I'm always the one who retweets and comments, like, Wow, how cool is that? Oh my god. And everyone always comments back and says, Oh my god, thank you so much. And it shows that we don't get that much um Uh, feedback on our work that it's uh, that it it makes us happy when we get feedback like even if someone says oh my god how cool looks uh, how cool uh, does this look so people um, if there are mutuals out there who do the same thing as you just comment on their work just tell them how cool their work is it always helps to motivate someone It really does.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And, like, for example, with the Ref Series account, I always try to share, um, you know, just put loads of artist stuff in my stories. And with my mentoring account, I'll try to share, you know, graphics and stuff from other people as well. Because, hell yeah, I'm going to support you. And, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is the people um they are like oh my gosh i'm so excited what are you doing and like i can't wait but this kind of person doesn't even give you a like doesn't share your stories doesn't even comment stuff they basically just want to be there for when you really blow up and it's oh my goodness like <laughs> <laughs> my friends call me Casbrecca, and i have a cane as well so if you want to get youtube with a cane that's that, don't behave like that <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just this thing of like, and this is something that like, ugh. right. I'm going to get really ranty for a second here. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got round about 800 followers on Instagram. Round about two handful people really care about the work that I do and share the stuff that I do. Just let that hang in for a second. And with that stuff, I mean, sharing stuff, commenting stuff, all that kind of stuff. It's not freaking hard to share the work of a local artist that you know. Like, it takes one second to share something in your story, to comment, to make a like. So, stop being so damn lazy, open your eyes, and support your locals because it's sometimes so freaking tiring for us. Like, yeah. And that's when people are like, Oh, you have changed so much. Like, why are you not talking to me? Well, you didn't even pay attention to the work that I've been doing for the last ten years. Why would I? Like, like, come on, guys. And obviously, like, with social media, it's sometimes hard because you like people sometimes assume like you're always online and you always have to see everything. And with algorithms, it's hard to catch up. And like, I, as I said, like, I have so many artist friends and like I know so many people. And it's sometimes like, even for myself, it's sometimes hard because if I would spend all my time in the day chatting to people on like, what's the latest situation, I would not be able to make my work. So sometimes, obviously, I'm not able to be up to date with everyone's work as well, but I'm trying. And on the other hand, I would never, like, I would never reject someone. If someone messages me and says like, hey, can you share this? Yeah, why not? Like what the obviously if it's something that goes in against my moral, that's a different thing. But other than that, yeah, why not? Like whether it's a picture of a photographer or like whatever it is, like it's not that hard. And here comes the big tea bag for everyone to splash into their face. You are capable to retweet some of your favorite artists that already have like over 1 billion likes so you are also capable to support your local artists that haven't even gotten 1k thank you very much
2: thank you (laughs) (laughs) no absolutely right but um, on my side, I really stopped caring about Instagram and <laughs> these things. Because I just yeah. no nothing is happening. And then I just stopped caring. So yeah. I only have like 300 followers. That's nothing. They're, they're, these are all people I know. Like mm-hmm. all of the cosplay community and friends and family I know. And just a few artists maybe I follow. But um, yeah, I just stopped caring. And I now do... Uh, p- I don't even have the Instagram app on my phone. I just use it on the browser sometimes when I want to. That's also really important. Especially if you are an artist who is working constantly. I really don't have the time to constantly post things. Except for Twitter. (laughs) That's something else. I just do that for fun. So I mean like it is a completely a big job in itself being a social media manager and constantly post things on your social media and uh, being up to date it's really tiring if you're also a working artist and have to do a lot of other things so I just decided for myself I don't want to uh use Instagram in that sense that I want to make a big thing out of it. So it's just sitting there and I sometimes um um sometimes post themed uh themed um uh, like I call it the nine post feed so I, I deleted everything from my um Instagram feed and I just now put up nine images every three or four weeks when I want to. And um, yeah, it's just sitting there. If you want, just check it out. If you don't want to, also no problem, because I don't even care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing is also, um, because with us, it's kind of reversed, like I don't have Twitter, but I mostly use Instagram. And what I said is true to what I feel about. um, Because that, that's when people, like, you know, that that's what I mean, like, and then suddenly people come up to you and, like, they, they are just there for the fame. And, like, I, I don't care. And, obviously, we're still at the... I always like to say, like, this is the beginning of change. So, like, we're not even there where we want to go yet. So, um, but we know the faces that have been there in the first place. You know, that's the thing. Like, when we hit that stage, we will know who was there first. And, like that's what we really care about, like the ones that really support us in that sense. Um, I mean, it's obviously different with some people that haven't even found us yet. So like that that's that's different, but we know who, who cared in the first place. We know that and we appreciate that. And um, similar to what Saji said, um, I mean, I do care when it comes to ref and my mentoring, because I need to work with algorithms to get some certain products out. That's just the yeah. way it works. But as for my um, personal account, you know, like I share a lot of stuff that makes me move and, and things like that. And I stopped like I, I, I really clip my environment of like, you know, people that I because it starts with things like, you know, um suddenly you follow people that because just everyone else follows them and, and stuff like that. And like I really sorted my Instagram out in a sense of I only want to see content that is really motivating and um kind of like lifts me up. And um, stuff like that. But I always think of, like, you know, some people, they don't even have that platform that we do yet and, and stuff like that. And it just, it makes me mad when I see people, like, you know, retweeting their favorite big artists, which I did as well. And, like, I do as well. But beyond that, I also care about small artists. And it just makes me mad because it's the thing of, like, Do I really have to shove it into your face so to to let you have pay attention? And I think that this is also the thing Um, in the artist community itself when you're an author (laughs) people apparently only give a shit when you have a book release. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's like what the hell like you like you're measuring my success based on my products. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. get out of the mindset, Karen. Like, <laughs> oh man, I just, oh gosh, it's just, but yeah, as I said, like, you know, I know who, who's there when it comes to real support and like uh, what Saji said before, um, find your people that hype you up because, and, and that's a, that's a hard to swallow pill because most likely it won't be the people that you call your best friends take that in again. (laughs) I'm not saying like, like, obviously there are also connections out there. You know, if you if you've got a close best friend, whatever that is super supportive of you, great. That's fantastic. Like congratulations. But when you're an artist and when you work on something passionate, you will also realize who is really there to support you and who isn't. And sometimes that can be people that maybe were there for you before you kind of like turn into the thing that you want to do always in your life. And I know that's tough. But the sooner you learn to separate your environment, you will also get where you want to be. And with that, I don't mean that you suddenly have to kick out all your people. You just need to shift the focus. Yeah. I forgotten
2: what I to There was something... Ich wollte ja. auf irgendwas kommentieren, aber...
1: Yeah, that went really deep. <lacht> <lacht> ah.
2: yeah. It's okay. Warte, kannst du noch mal kurz wiederholen, was du davor gesagt hast, bevor Get Yourself Ähm
1: mit den best friends?
2: Nee, davor noch.
1: Uh, supporting your favorite artists instead of
2: ah, jetzt, artists. Jetzt, jetzt weiß ich wieder. Okay. Um... So going back to having things published and people not noticing you because of that—that's absolutely true. Because I am someone who doesn't have any awards, who doesn't, who didn't have any exhibitions, who doesn't have any publications, who doesn't have anything. So my stuff is just out there floating in the internet and uh, not being known by the higher ranks of uh professionals and um like titles and stuff so people don't care if you don't have that i have the feeling and that's so sad sometimes because i do so good work just like other people who have a lot of awards and um that's something that needs to change, that you have to shift your focus on other things than having followers and words and stuff like that. I find that really important. Just like you said with you're just an author only when you have a book published. That's absolutely not true. And we all know that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's such a big lesson to learn for everyone. Like, um, you know... uh. <laughs> if you if you paint over 10 years in your life but you never had an exhibition you're still a painter if you like kimchi is a good example kimchi has written five novels so that makes her an author period um like don't even like try to have this discussion with me and i will outsmart you (laughs) um when it comes to that because i think it that, that's where elitism starts, you know. That's where, we, where gatekeeping starts. That's where we set boundaries instead of bridges and it's, it needs to stop, it needs to stop, like support, like, this is the thing, like, I will always try to support it. Like, for me, it's always about the passion. So, like, if someone is really passionate about what they do, I will be there to support them. Yeah. If you still need, to t- need your time to figure things out, that's also okay, like, don't pressure yourself. And then you can still come come through and, like, put yourself in the spotlight and say, I decided to be, like, you know, a video maker and artist and, and stuff like that. Um, that's okay. And, like, try things out. You don't have to limit yourself to just one thing. I'm an author. I'm an artist. I'm a video maker. I'm an editor. I'm, like, I'm so many things. Um, It's really hard to put me in just one box. Um, and try it. Like, no one is saying, like, you can't be an author and a YouTuber, At the same time, like, no one is saying that, like, do it, do it. If you feel like doing it, then go ahead. As long as you, you know, have that work-life balance and juggle everything. Like, I used to vlog for a couple of, like, obviously Gigi and Sajim is going to make a comeback and it's going to be a new format that I'm working on. But before that, I used to vlog um, on concerts and stuff and I had a great time for a year and then I stopped. And so what? It was still a nice experience. As I said, like, I did also photography for, like, two or three years, but then I cut down because writing and drawing or whatever at that time was more relevant to me and that's fine and like also please please educate yourself in a sense of like you know don't have this weird thinking of you know once you're out of school you stop learning like no there's so many ways especially in the creative business like do these workshops talk to people watch like there's so much free content out there like let alone YouTube yeah like there's so many tutorials, so many talks where people are just share things, podcasts. Oh, my goodness. Like the amount of podcasts I'm listening to with so many great free content, like do it, educate yourself. Like no one is stopping you. And let's be real. The stuff that we learn in school is not ri- life relevant to a certain extent anyway. Like no one is preparing you for certain things in school. Like yeah. you learn, you learn about certain essentials. Some things are more relevant to, to you than others, but no one, no one is explaining life to you. Lee, you're literally thrown in there into the deep end, and then you have to figure it out yourself. So, yeah. don't be like I. I'm a person that says to myself. I will never stop studying in that sense. You know, I'm always open to learn new things and you will yeah. like, you will never stop studying in that sense. Cause you know, like right now I'm in my twenties and I want to like have so many creative goals and stuff and like learn and next ten and stuff like that. But you know, like in 20 years I might be like, okay, maybe I'm going to pick up the camera again and do, do stuff like that. You know, like I'm not limiting myself to just one thing or like to just one idea because it, it especially in the creative scene. And I think it's very healthy when you do many things. It gives you different aspects for certain, like for example, I already did it acting as well. And acting helped me to develop certain aspects when it comes to writing and how, how to just understand certain characteristics, how you play that. Um, and things like that and on the other hand like drawing helped me to like you know get a better sense of like artists and and artworks and and stuff like that so there's nothing is ever everything that okay hang on everything that you're gonna invest in yourself whether that's through money or like time that you invest for like watching videos and stuff is gonna come back to you it's gonna come back to you because it's not wasted time
2: yeah definitely also you have to stop judging yourself for developing over a long period of time because sometimes it takes a, a, a few years to know what you want to do the best example is for uh, is me for example i started i started doing photography in 2000 and let's say 6 and i knew what i really want to do in 2015 like just imagine that how many years of development that is how many years of trying myself out and uh failing and being good at something and um just figuring out how I want to take my pictures themselves so it takes sometimes it takes a long time to develop your own style also so don't be afraid of that and um Just do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. And um, like
1: society gives us this weird construct of before your thirties, you have to figure your life out and you need to be settled and grounded. Fuck it. Like, fuck it. Honestly, I say it as loud as I can here. You can take as much time as you want and you can like, if you have figured your life out by 16 and you are in your dream job, then that's great, you know, but you might wake up at 40 and realize, maybe I should have tried something else in between. And that's when you can do it, you know? Like, you can always start you. I I have seen documentaries of people that still do things at, like, 50, 60, even sometimes 70 and upwards, where they still try new things. And that's, like, that's how we should live life, you know? That's, especially, you know, uh, that's another topic I'm not (laughs) going (laughs) to discuss, death. But we have this weird construct of, like, you know, Oh, your life ends at sixty? No! Like, <laughs> hello, um, and especially when you when you're uh, in a you know nine to five job, and then you suddenly like you get your pension and stuff, and that's where you can also start new. Like, <laughs> it's just you know it, it's not limited to just uh, obviously depending on your health situation. That's a different different thing but don't limit yourself like you can always like there are so many people who write books in their 60s because they never had time before like they always wanted to write a book and that's when they do it and like that's totally okay and that's totally amazing the only thing you should do like don't judge yourself don't judge yourself on a time frame only judge yourself on the person that you were yesterday Because, like, there's also no, like, there's no point. Like, why would you look at someone that has already like, I don't know, has so many followers, has already been, like, I don't know, two times published, uh, super, super successful, whatever, and you compare yourself to that person? That's just unrealistic, man. Like, that makes no sense. Like, obviously, like, they are worlds apart. But what you can do is, like, look back and look at yourself and think, like, what did I do yesterday to actually get where I want to be? And that's why you pick things up and that's where you start. And like consistency is key. If yeah. like you have to have to have you have to stick to what you want to do. Like all things that I've achieved in life so far has happened because I was consistent about the things that I do and determined yeah. about the things that I do. It's not about knowing. It's about doing it anyway, even though, you know, sometimes not like sometimes I didn't like, if someone would have told me that I would be, you know, running my own creative team or something like that, be a podcast host and a mentor in 2021, I would have been like, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And um, especially with the mentoring thing, I I didn't, like, suddenly decide, like, yeah, like, obviously, I decided, like, this is what I want to do. But it wasn't like, Oh, I have figured it out by then, right? No, it's a constant learning process. And that's with all creative things or all things in life. You have that constant process of change development. It's just like you need to know what you deeply want and not like, oh, I want to be, I mean, maybe, maybe it's set to a like, you know, age or goal, but don't pressure. Like, why would you pressure yourself? Because you like the best person, and that's one. That's a that's a quote that comes from Feng Shui. Actually, the best person that is a, a capable of having the fullest life is the one that is always possible to adapt. Do we get that message? If you are capable of adapting
2: to every situation in your life, you will always get where you want to be. Yeah. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And with pressuring yourself. That's absolutely something I can agree on because I always wanted to be, that sounds really ridiculous, but I, I always want to be on the Forbes 30 on the 30 list. And now I just have a few months left and I'm like, why am I even pressuring myself on things? I can't, I why why am I even thinking about it? It's like pr- pressuring myself for no reason. And then i just dropped it and i'm like i'm just going to be on the 40 on the 40 list (laughs) no but um yeah i don't know why why i set myself that um that line maybe because i thought oh i need to figure my life out before i turn 30 but it's just uh, it's such a stupid thought to have because yeah. i always remember that one documentary we watched together about those dancers mm. um, were She was forty right yeah Wasn't forty she? or 45 yeah oh, so it was man, a documentary so mind blown <laughs> yeah it was a documentary about dancers from was it ja- japan or korea 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 so like uh, ballet dancers and choreographers and uh, so on and um, she she was doing amazing work. I was so impressed by it, like really contemporary art and stuff like that. And then uh, the person who's narrating the documentary said, this young artist, and was like, wait a second, she's like 45 and that person said young artist? And in that moment, I think it clicked that 40 for an artist is not old. You're just starting out because you you have developed your own thing for 20 or 30 years and you are going to hopefully live up to 80 or 100 and you have so much more coming and being 40 as an artist is still young and um, i realized that in that moment and i think it's important to have that thing in your mind when you're doing art
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah, just don't pressure yourself based on society standards. Like, why would you? Um, the best people in the world that have made something or have made a change is because they were different. That's, that's just... I think... Whoa. I think I just... Cry. Is it a Greatest Showman I just quoted? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> could be. Could be. Um, you know, like... Go out there, be different, and don't be... Like... No, no, no. Saying, like, don't be afraid is nonsense, because some of the things that I did and achieved was because I was afraid, but I did it anyway. So, um, Step out
2: of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, be uncomfortable. Because things like, I always say like change is uncomfortable. Because yeah. even if it's something that you choose, like for example, what I do at the moment with like my two challenges, it still makes me uncomfortable because I never did things like that before. So it's like this thing of, Every change makes you, in a sense, uncomfortable and takes you out of a certain comfort zone. Um, and that's when you start to, to evolve and, and even explore yourself in, in yeah. ways I haven't noticed. And, um, you know, just be open, be kind, um, an artist supporting artist.
2: Artist supporting artist. That is the number one rule that everyone has to have in their mind. Because unless we are all lost. Yeah. So, and you know what
0: happens when we all lost apocalypse.
1: So <laughs> let's not do that. Let's not do that. Right. I would say we wrap it up here. Um, yeah. I haven't really talked about my writing yet, but this is just the beginning. So, um, thank you listeners. If you have been with us until the end. um, let us know what you think. Um, if you're an artist, message us. Come to us. Yeah. We want to have you on the show. Uh, we want to like The idea of this is after all that we want to give people voices and like let them be heard. And we really, really don't care if you have like 50 followers or 1K or 10 million. Come to us. We want to talk. Uh, we want to give you a chance to speak up. And um, yeah, I hope wherever you are in this world right now, have an amazing day have an amazing night or whatever is going to uh, happen in your day or night i hope you have three dreams <laughs> <laughs> um and we're gonna see each other next time hopefully on Gigi and sanji bye bye
0: bye if you can't get enough of us don't you worry we got social media for you to contact us to talk with us to have questions, to raise questions and to raise your voice towards us GG, which is me you can find as Elsie Hamilton Arts on Instagram as well as literally Elsie Hamilton all around uh, the internet go to our site revolutionseries.com and you can also find extended social media contacts when it comes to reference series Saji, which is known as Abel, you can find on social media on Instagram under a certain name. We also drop the links in the description. Have fun, contact us, and have a good day.